I'm looking at Drew Ann's numbers, and you're like, he's really coming into his own. Oh, like, no, 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 no. See, and I'm pressing record already, so you're already putting the in- misinformation out there. I, I did not say he's coming into his own. Hold on. Let me read the message before we, before we go on. Yeah, yeah okay. I'll let you uh, he's becoming his old self this season. Quick. Thank you. I apologize. You, you did miss so is, is, uh, No, no, no. Let me ask. Let me ask. Is his old self the redheaded stepchild of Nathan McKinnon? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. no, because, no, because the redheaded stepchild of Nathan McKinnon was still set in Q League records. You know what I mean? The Tampa <sighs> Bay Drouin, that, that petulant kid um, when he was actually playing for the Lightning, because most of the time he spent in Syracuse. Um, that guy I, I see coming back again. Cause I used to watch a lot of Tampa games because like I said, I mean, he's just my favorite hockey player and it's mostly Moosehead related. I'm not going to lie. Seeing yeah, him of course. play live of course. Uh, four, 40 times a night for three years was a joy. If, was, if your love of Drew Ann spans from like Moosehead them, I, I would, I, I totally am okay with that. Like I, I'm fine with it. And I'm not saying he sucks as an NHL. Like that's not my point is that the original argument is like you wanted to get a Drew Ann Habs jersey. And I'm like, he could literally, with his production, he could be traded at any second. Like, and that was why, like, do you really want to do that to yourself? Because like, he could get traded in like three minutes. Like he could be traded by the deadline this week and you would not, you, you would be upset because you're a fan, but like Habs fans are probably like, all right, that's cool. Let's see what we got in return. You know what I mean? Like you just traded what? Um, who did I mean, even as a Habs fan, I wouldn't be completely upset. Yeah. Because I mean, who did you trade for Anderson? You traded Domi for Anderson, uh, Domi, right? yeah. Yeah, Which yeah. is paying off. I mean, Domi's, Domi's having a good year, but he's not having a great year. And He's not Josh Anderson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Josh Anderson fits this system well. Um, I'm a diehard Ducharme, Leaf fan. Ducharme diehard. is not drifting at all away, it seems, from what um, Claude Julien was doing. It seems like a very similar style of hockey. He's just trying to get a little more two-way out of them, and it suits Anderson perfect. Anderson hasn't lost a step. Anderson's been one of the only consistent bodies on the ice all season. Okay. So, yes, your diehard Leafs fan continues. As a a diehard Leafs fan, and we're absolutely loaded with offensive talent. No one disputes this. Goaltending is another question. But um, as far as offensive talent goes, uh, there's very few teams in the league that compete with our top six. Like, it's it's really ridiculous. So, when I say that I would love to have Josh Anderson, that says a lot. Uh, Josh Anderson and Jeff Petrie, and Shea Weber is another one. Like I'm a diehard Leafs fan, but I, what I was trying to say is I really do actually, I don't hate any Canadian teams. Like I don't, I'm not one of those Leafs fans that hates the Habs, et cetera. Like I went to a Habs playoff game in 2010 when they beat the Penguins and they won't end up winning that series, the Halak year. Like I, I support the Habs. Like obviously I don't support you against the Leafs, but like in all other endeavors, the Habs are probably like my second favorite team in the division. Like, cause that rivalry predates basically my love of hockey. Like, that rivalry is from the 50s, 60s, and it wasn't a rivalry in the 70s. And to that point, before it's not a rivalry. My dream is a Leafs Habs playoff series. So I want everything to stay just the way it is. I want to move up the standing, take first, play the Habs in the first round, and let it shake. You know, that's my dream. I've dream- Carrie Frazier took it from me in 1993 in the Stanley Cup Finals, which would be would have been euphoric then, would still be euphoric now. You but. said the name. Are you and Dave going to talk about this for Friday? The ref? Episode? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: I am a lifelong hater of officiating. Now I understand. Now I totally understand. That it was all just coming down to human error in any sport—baseball, hockey, football, basketball, whatever you want to call it. Curling, if they have the little ruler or the measuring stick out, I don't care. Moral of the story is. I can, I can forgive human error. Like when that umpire screwed up that call in the perfect game against the Tigers, the Tigers a few years ago, that was human error. Your heart breaks for both. But this bullshit that we saw the other night with Peel, I'll be really quick because I am going to have to talk with nauseum, is typical 
Donahue-esque bullshit. And people are like, oh, well, it's just part of the game. And uh, F that hockey culture bullshit where it's just, is that part of the game? No, yeah, uh, I disagree. I, 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 I don't want corruption and bullshit. As, like, yep. The game is supposed to be called fair by the rules. I get it. There's billions of dollars on the line. And you maybe want some. It was a Detroit-Nashville hockey game that no one gave a shit about with no implications. Why are you doing this bullshit? We, we, like, we see it in the NBA all the time. We see it in hockey all the time. And to a degree, we see it in baseball all the time. But baseball, I give umps a little more credit on pitches. Balls are coming 94, 95 miles an hour. Like this, it's easy to miss. That's, I, I'll, the, that's I'll, the same thing my grandfather said. He said that the one sport where you can almost give the makeup call kind of a bit of a leash is baseball. Yeah. Ho- hockey, there's no excuse for it. it. Can't, yes, it, I agree it's, completely. It's the letter of the law. And I've been a big proponent. I've said this on our podcast, uh, our chair commentaries, and I'll say it on yours right now. My name is Sewell Podcast. Is that I believe we have the technology now where we can inundate referees in general. We can use cameras, softwares, and buzzers, and, and play goes. You know what I mean? Like, okay, next, uh, it'll have like a little red light or something like penalty, two minutes for something or other, waiting, awaiting until someone does touches the puck. Right? You know what I mean? Like, we can easily get rid of these douchebags. Like, F. Carey Frazier, I'll never forgive that motherfucker as long as I live. Um, and any of these guys, and like the live Mike picking him up, he's like, yeah, it wasn't much, but I really wanted to get a penalty on there. So there's two things I want to say to that real quick, because I got to be quick, because I'm going to really cover this. One is he's that comfortable that he's telling his colleagues that that shows you how rampantly bullshit this is. And he was even cursing, like, like, oh, yeah, but a I mean, fucking he, penalty or something like you said it. Like, yeah, I yeah. Know. he's like, I want, I really wanted to get a fucking penalty. Yeah, on like it was so casual in conversation. Like he could go over to him technically and be like, hey, I, I saw I just I'm just throwing shit out there. Hey, I saw 13 trip. I want to get him a penalty. Like there wasn't really anything specific. It was just uh, fucking I want to get these guys a penalty. Like it was just too casual. It, it, he, said, he said early, too. So, like, if we think if, if you're naive to think this is relegated to one dickhead like you're crazy it, it's the whole league and it sucks and i just i hate i feel like officials and i, I shouldn't say it, professional officials are just guys that like know they have so much power in their hands and it's the only thing they have in their lives they probably go home their wife's probably fucking the milkman they're just miserable bastards they're on the road constantly and like they they just suck at life because I know Kerry Frazier just looking at him sucks at life. I know Tim Donahue in the NBA just looking at that little measly cocksucker. That guy sucked at life. And if you're and again, if you believe David Stern's bullshit that Donahue was an isolated incident and that was nothing, you're crazy. Because I don't really believe Donahue was fixing games for his own benefit. I really don't believe that. I really do believe because he's still an A plus basketball handicapper today. He hasn't officiated in 14 years. He understands how those officiating rules work and how those visuals behave. And he knows how to leverage that. That is not Tim Donahue's fault that David Stern and the NBA is corrupt as shit. And if you need any more proof, I don't care if you're a Laker fan or not, go back and watch the 2002 Western Conference Finals game seven against Sacramento. Oddly enough, Donahue officiated that game. But it's utter horseshit what you watch. I remember one point Kobe Bryant gives a flying like a flying forearm, like the ultimate warrior to Mike Bibby and Bibby gets a foul. It's utter nonsense. It's, it's just total rigging. And I think pro sports are rampant with it. I think James Harden's a great beneficiary. Jordan, Michael Jordan was a beneficiary. of it. There's lots of guys. If you call games to the letter of the rule and here, just to show I'm fair on this game, six Raptors warriors. Since we're going to try this will be our segue game, six Raptors warriors, 2019, the Raptors got like, Eight straight foul calls for that against the Warriors. We still lost the game. Kyle shanked off the side of the backboard. By the way, glad you're staying, Kyle. Um, that game, we got eight straight calls in our favor because the league wanted to wrap it up in Toronto in front of that crowd. It didn't work out. But, like, that was horseshit officiating. I know it worked to my benefit, and I, I can't complain about it too much. But 
I can't be against it all the time and then be okay with it when it works in my team's favor. I, yeah. I just don't operate that way. I just hate it all. And it, it, I just hate that it reared its ugly head. And that's where Sprouts will go. Cause we got to talk about the 2019 rappers. It's the whole reason we're on here. True enough. I'll quick footnote on that too. Like, it, I, just because I have to talk soccer and you're not a big soccer guy, but oh, go ahead, though. there's tons of makeup stuff. And I'm a Manchester United fan since literally I was a kid. Fergie time is what it's called. The ref would literally say like three, four minutes of injury time, minute five, minute six. Minute, the clock would keep going until Manchester United scored sometimes. And then they would blow the full whistle. And to this day, people still accuse Manchester United of cheating in the 90s. Because I mean, in all fairness, FIFA has proven like, didn't Juventus ref fix? Yeah, the, oh, yeah. We could, that we could do a whole episode of that. You could even join us on that episode. Yeah, I mean, you don't even know about soccer, but you're in. I, 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 I know, I know the, the FIFA, the, oh, the, the World man. Soccer Organization, is about as corrupt as like peak John Gotti. So I, here, you know, I was going to bring up a meme when we were going to talk about the 2019 Raptors, but I have another one. I'm going to see if I can find it quick. If I can't find it in like 10 seconds, I'm going to. Move. No, no, take your time. Oh, just, I found it. I just found it. Uh, okay, um, okay. Of the 22 people voted to award the 2018 and 2022 World Cups to Russia and Qatar. 15 of them are now either banned from FIFA for life, suspended, imprisoned, or fighting extradition to the United States to face federal charges. Only one of those 22 people still work for FIFA. Is it the president guy, the guy that got money thrown at him? No, Bladder. He just ended up getting resuspended for six years because he actually Good. Threatened, yeah, he, he threatened to run for re-election in two years. Um, not like a re-election, I guess like to run for a position on the on the board of governors or something. I don't know how FIFA works with that because it always changes now because it's so fucking corrupt. But yeah, they had to just resuspend him for six years. And honestly, this sounds crude to say they're just hoping he dies before he can get back in because he has so much power and so many friends that they'll vote him back in despite all of the bullshit. And or people will bro- people will grease the right palms to get him That's back it. in because he's a, yeah, it's, oh, it's disgusting. Man. It's crazy. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to take a sports seriously when things like that are going on. But I understand yeah. they don't control the leagues in Europe. They, they just control like the World Cup stage. Yeah. But I, 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 I we're going to close on this. Uh, I watched 2018 Russia Spain. I watched that oh, game. Oh man, I remember that game. Yeah, and if you want to tell me that that sport is pure, you can all suck my dick in the back because that shit was nonsense. And what world? A- in what world can the Russian soccer team slash football yeah. team beat Spain? And then I, the, I, in the manner I, the guy I was sitting like, with, yeah, go. The sorry. guy I was sitting with his name is Meech. He runs courtside sneakers, Halifax. I was sitting with Meech. We're drinking beers, and he's, he's a big he's, he's hell a big of a footballer. Hell of a footballer. Yeah, he's a hell of an athlete in general. He's a huge. He's he's like he's like he's like a human being involved. Like if for anybody that wants to be racist and say white people are superior, just put a picture, put, get a picture of me and Beach standing next together and see how much superior he is as a human being and his physical specimen than I am in all ways in life. So like he's just, I'm just a fat like dumpy guy that looks like Humpty Dumpty, and Meech is like this perfection. So yeah, shouts to Meech. I love you, obviously. Uh, meanwhile, Humpty Dumpty over here loves you. So yeah. Anyway, moral of the story: I watched that game and I could never take the World Cup seriously again after that because Spain was loaded. There were legitimate World Cup contenders, and they lost to Russia because Russia was the host. And you know, Putin had a gun in someone's mouth. Like it's just like it just, it just had to be. It was like it's utter, utterly gross. Like thank God, regular sports don't really get as corrupt as that does. But that's it. Let's talk about 2019. Yeah, you and me were just kind of going back and forth on Instagram. I, I can't say back and forth because, like I said, we we're on the same paragraph, or we're sorry, we're on the same page, but we're on completely different paragraphs. I think. So let, let's give the origin you, story. Do you want to? Do you want to lay down that foundation, or you want me? Yeah, to I'll, I'll, I'll lay it down for you. You, okay. you. you pipe in. So, okay. Chris posted on his Instagram story about how Kyle stayed. You were shocked, but Kyle, Fred, I think you listed Boucher, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, hold on OG. Here. 
I'll bring it up. Yeah, I think that's the four. That's, yeah, you, that's, you, that's you, my you, that's my core four. That like I, somebody said, if there was an expansion draft, who's the four you'd protect? And those were the four. So Yakum, OG, Fred, and Boucher. Yeah. Okay. So not Kyle, I mean, but oh, <laughs> well, he's the thirty. The, the, this is the thing. Like, yeah, he's thirty-five. I got, I got, I got a little. I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I, I would protect him. But moral of the story, you said those four guys had championship DNA for a reason. And of course, me being a smart ass responded, yeah, Kawhi Leonard's the reason. <laughs> like, I agree. I agree. And, and, I agree. No, no, so, so I want to be clear here because like I, I've been taking a lot of flack in Raptors circles lately because I've been highly negative about this team. I like, I love Fred Van Fleet. I don't love Pascal Siakam. I like Pascal Siakam. Though. Like, I mean, I, I, I think we made a mistake thinking he would be a franchise player, but that doesn't mean he's a bad basketball player. I, I like OG Ananobi, a very good 3 and D guy, very solid basketball player nothing negative to say about about him and uh chris boucher wasn't really a factor in 2019 but i actually have been a proponent of boucher for a long time so i'll support him too to your credit yeah like one of my first podcasts i ever did i remember with anthony i remember you brought up chris the, when we did that nba little round table i I, uh, I, I will always 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 love his defensive friend yeah, yeah I'll, 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 any guy that plays that hard on defense has a spot on my team regardless so I, I know, like, I, yes, Boucher probably needs to put on a – Boucher needs to go on my diet for a little while and bulk up. But otherwise, love Chris Boucher. But I think the reason why he's so skinny is his frenetic energy. But the Kawhi thing, and you're like, oh, well, hold on. And I'm like, because, like, if it wasn't – for my opinion, if it wasn't for Kawhi against Philly, we are a dead duck. And you made the argument that Fred Van Fleet played against Philly, and I lost my shit. I'm like, hold on. No, 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 no. Revisionist history. Fred Van sort Fleet – Fred Van Fleet <laughs> – I sent you an article to prove my point that they were talking about how the Raptors should have kept Delon right instead of Fred Van Fleet because he was so god awful and it wasn't and his fault. And shout Fred, out to Fifty Five, I love Delon right. I do. Yeah, me too. Him. He just got traded today, unfortunately, but I mean, yeah. he got into Detroit. So salute to him. We're happy for him. As long as you get into Detroit, we're happy for him. <laughs> that's a, that's NBA Siberia. They're in Minnesota. As long as you're not neither of those two places. You're, you're, actually, there's three places: there's Cleveland, Detroit, and Minnesota. As long as you're not any of those three places, you're a happy man. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's a good point. And I mean, yeah, if so thank God that Cleveland had the son of Akron, because yeah, you know, otherwise they would have been completely irrelevant forever. I mean, Jesus, they they technically are. They still he, are. Yeah, he only won one. With yeah, Cleveland. so it's like they also went to three, what three or four straight finals. So like, yeah, and they would have won that one, I think, if everybody wasn't hurt. Anyway, healthy. Yeah, but, no, yeah. no, no, no. There's a legitimate case to be made. The 2015 Cavs could have won if they'd been healthy, but there's yeah. a legitimate case to be made. The 2019 Warriors could have won if they'd been healthy. So, like, if you're gonna give it, you got to give it on both sides. Anyway, the point was is that I said Kawhi Leonard literally put up a top five or ten playoff performance ever, and it's the only reason we beat Philly. And you're like, well, no, Fred played good defense. I'm like, I think Fred scored six points in seven games. He was he was a net positive because of one game in the series where he was a plus 36, but it was an utter, we beat the brakes off the Sixers, so it didn't even matter. And he, you're like, well, game six and seven, like he was minus 11 and plus and two. Five, two and five, and five, and uh, five. I think in game five was the plus 36 where the Raptors beat the brakes off the Sixers and everyone rested, so that's entirely possible. I think it was game five. Hold on. We won game one. We lost game two. We lost game three. We won game four. We lost game. No, we won game five, five. lost game six, and then won game seven. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, seven, five, six, seven to me. I'm I'm, I'm not going to give my side of the argument because I want you to like literally. No, no, no. I I just wanted to be clear here that you're like, well, he played really good defense. And I'm like, against two. He's 5'11. I love Fred. (laughs) I love Fred. Like, don't be wrong. I love it. No, he is. Like, I've, I've looked across a floor at him and I can look over his head and I'm six, two. So I know you're not the only a... person that said that, that they, they give him a couple inches on the friggin. Oh yeah. If, 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 if he, 
definitely shorter than they say he is. If he's six feet, I'm six five. Like that's how I feel about it. And so I know Debron. My, my biggest gripe about the Raptors this year, other than like you know, they, they kind of just looked up like these weird pieces go. Like Serge Ibaka was very integral, and even though Marcus All fell off a cliff in the bubble, like he was still very integral to what we did. I, I have to give those guys credit. But Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry as your backcourt, you have a legit eleven foot seven combined backcourt. Last night, Denver trotted out Bull Bull, who's seven seven. Like, <laughs> like he's he one guy is more than half of our backcourt's combined height. So when you're saying he played great defense, I'm like, against who did he stop? Like you're like he, he was stopping guys. I'm like, what? He stopped Embiid from getting his little 30 second breathers on the bench. Like, what did he do? Ben Simmons is six nine. He could go over the top of Fred Van Fleet. Like you go over the top of your kid when you're going to the fridge. Like. And like Jimmy Butler's six six, and Tobias Harris is like six seven, six eight, and like they were they were marching out Mike Scott, who was like six nine. Like Fred couldn't guard any of those guys. All they did was just put their arms in the air. Poor Fred couldn't shoot over it. Like he, he was absolutely useless, and it wasn't his fault. It's just like you know, you can't trot Muggsy Bogues out there and tell him to get layups on Sean Bradley. Um, by the way, sorry, I should make Sean Bradley jokes. He's now quad, he's now paralyzed. Yeah, much back. love to one of much my love to Sean Bradley. Um, players, man, yeah, real respect. I'm glad you did that because I, I love yeah, yeah. Sean Bradley, man. Yeah, I don't know if I love Sean Bradley, but no, I, I don't. Some, like I don't. When I was a kid, shots. when I was a kid though, like everybody loves Shaq. I was fascinated with this white dude that played for the Mavericks. Like you were was, fascinated with the human Q-tip. Yes, uh, man. Okay. It was so weird to me. Not until Yao Ming did anybody like really fascinate oh. me with this you, just being like oh, weird you, human, right? Like you. So you didn't see Manute Bowl or like? No, nah, I was a little Mirazon? too. I was a little too young for Manute Bowl. What about even, yours, Mirzon? I was even a little bit too young for Muggsy Bogues, but once he joined the Raptors, like I kind of got like the very okay. end of the Muggsy Bogues story. Plus Space Jam, I kind of knew who Muggsy. So was. So you you don't know who George Mirazon is. Uh, I know who he is, but I never got that. Like, oh, because he played. He played. He came into league after Bradley. He was yeah. taller than Bradley. Oh, I mean, um, is he? Yeah. The, oh, wait, is he the guy that's from India? Am I wrong? I don't with that? No, I don't think he's from India. He's in a movie with Billy Crystal. Okay, I don't remember. It's like, I think it's my giant me or some shit. Like I don't know what it's called. It's from the nineties. Who cares? But moral of the story is Sean Bradley. Well, I mean, it's funny. We mentioned this. I, we're doing a, a Stump the Steve thing on our show lately. And a couple of weeks amazing, ago. Amazing, bro. Amazing. And a couple of weeks ago, I got stumped on the first with a question about who's the all-time single season block shots guy. And I'm sitting there like, it's probably Akeem Olajuwon. I remember Olajuwon pulling down like 10 blocks. Maybe it's Kareem or someone like a really great player. Maybe Matumbo, a great defensive player. And it's like, no, it's Mark Eaton. And I'm like, the seven foot four goofy white guy from the Jazz in the 80s. And not only is he number one, he's number one and two. And like I, I made the joke of the show, I'm like the only reason I remember that guy's Bulls versus Blazers on the Sega Genesis. He was like a 63 overall. Like, how is that guy the all time leading shot? Like, is that Mark Eaton is like one of those basketball players that I remember. That other guy later on, like Alvin Robertson, like guys that like I remember, but I remember them as so garbage that I could never think they'd hold any kind of record. <laughs> like my brain scrubs those guys. Like, don't wrong. When I say garbage, they're garbage in the NBA. It does not mean they're garbage basketball players. Shout out to Brian Scalabrini for proving that point this week. Have you seen this clip? Have you seen this clip? Yeah. Yeah. So I often say with a couple of bombs and stuff like that in the NBA, I'm like, bro, you need to watch your mouth. Because no matter how bad you think an NBA player is, he's one of the oh. 500 best basketball yep. players in the world. Yep. Period. And what are you in the top 500 of in the world? Because I'm maybe other than talking fast, and even then it's probably not even for me. I don't think I'm top 500 or anything, unless we're talking about like most similar Humpty Dumpty shapes. But like, you know, so people are like, people love to give Scalabrini and he's the white mamba and the white, they make the goat memes and stuff like that. Because no one had any respect for his game because most of his time he was a 12th man, right? He gave that famous speech after the Celtics one in 2008 where he's like, you know, right now 
I didn't, I, I didn't really play. In 10 years, I can tell my kid, okay, I'm off the bench. In 20 years, I can tell uh, oh, kids that, like, you know, I, I was – I scored whatever. And in 30, 40 years, I can tell them I'm the MVP. It doesn't matter. I'm an NBA champion. I got up the left. <laughs> so I rock heavy with Scalabrini, not because I was a big fan of his game. I, uh, I like the guy. And so this high school kid challenges him, and Scalabrini shows you that a 43-year-old fat white guy that once played in the NBA – he's not fat, but, like, he's, he's got a little bit of extra pounds on him. You can see it can still give the best guy in your rec center the business whenever he feels like it. And, like, I guess what he said to the kid afterwards is, he's like, I'm closer to LeBron than you are to me. And I'm like, that is the sweetest shit talk I've ever heard in my entire life for a guy that played 12th man his whole career. Imagine. But you know what the funny part is? Is it's true. Brian Scalabrini is closer to LeBron James than any of us are to him. And I think that shows you how good NBA basketball players are. And that's why I never like to call guys bum. People love to go off and say, talk wild shit and be like, Ben Simmons is a bum. He can't shoot three. Never mind. He's like an all NBA talent, an elite passer, an incredible defender, and like a literal effing unicorn other than his three-point shot. People like to call him a bum because he doesn't shoot threes. Like, bro, Ben Simmons, could you could cut off one of Ben Simmons' legs and give him a prosthetic like Zach Gowan in WWE, and he would still give you the business on the court all day, all night twice a day on Sunday and he'd probably go fuck your girlfriend after like that's Ben Simmons. And like, I I'm so sick of the slander on like professional athletes. Like there's, yeah. if you are, that's especially meme the culture, NBA, man, that's meme culture. Like, yeah, it, it's Simmons, so garbage. Ben Simmons is literally the, the whole Ben Simmons thing is because he missed his whole rookie season. So like that whole Ben Simmons is going to win rookie of the year. You wish that that was the only joke. Like you wish that that was the only hilarious part of Ben Simmons, but they try to break down every aspect of his game. Eventually, this boy is going to be, and I'm, I literally want to make this bet with somebody. He'll shoot 40% one year. I don't know if he'll make minimum to actually make the stat, but I think he'll take like 30, 43 pointers one year and make 15 of them or something like that. I, I, I just the man works hard. His game has improved incredibly since he's I, 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 I don't think he needs the three. He's, he, he, and gets matched, he, doesn't. He, gets, he gets matched up with guys nine inches shorter than him on a regular basis, or six inches, seven inches shorter. He should be taking guys to the rack, and that's what he does. Like I remember, like, I remember explaining to this young – like I, I coached basketball for a few years, and this girl was asking me about Magic Johnson, and she says, well, why didn't Magic Johnson shoot a lot, Chris? And I said he didn't have to. Magic Johnson used to literally put his hip – into the guy that was guarding him and back that motherfucker down to the hole. That's because Magic could only dribble with one hand, but it's yeah, all good. <laughs> but I told her, I said, when you have height and you have an advantage, why would you shoot from 20 to 25 feet away when you can get to within 10 to 15 feet and have an advantage over that player? You know, when you're that far away, you're giving that player the advantage. They're shorter. They're probably better with their sidestep to be able to stop your penetration. Like I tell girls all the time when I was coaching them, when you have a height advantage, try to take advantage of that on the dribble too. Because girls just assume if they're a post player and they get it at the top that they're to pass it off. No, if you feel confident, get into your post position and try to actually dribble in and see what happens. Because the, you never know when you're going to get that mismatch. You never know until so, you try. So here's ben the best. Simmons, sorry, Ben Simmons is amazing at exploiting that. Anyway, I'm sorry about the No, no, you're absolutely correct. Um, here's the best argument I make for because motherfuckers got a hard on for Zion. And for good reason. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's no, I have no knocks for Zion here. This is... I'm, I'm in awe of him every time I watch him. But Zion Williamson has scored 95% of his points from within eight feet. And nobody is saying a goddamn thing about that man shooting three-pointers. So, like, I don't understand. Is it because, like, is it because Ben Simmons won rookie of the year, his second year, technically speaking, though he didn't step forward on the floor that year? Is it because he's kind of a diva? Is it because he's light-skinned? I don't know. 
I don't know like why said, everyone needs them. Like that's meme culture. Like I, I personally grab a hold of them and just try to drag them down in whatever way they can. And in Ben Simmons's case, they don't really have a reason to, except for the fact that again he sat out his rookie year. Like I don't I, get I, how that turns into this demerit on his character. He, he's he's one of my his character. He's one of my favorite he's players. He's, he's, he's in my top five for sure. Yeah. I love Ben Simmons. I had to leave a basketball group on Facebook because a dude was losing an argument over Ben Simmons with me. So he just went and opened another thread attacking Ben Simmons. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to be around this kind of idiocy. I was like, I, I'm out. I, I, I don't need this. I, I think you're in that group. I don't remember when it, it was a couple weeks ago. I was Bro, like, that's why I just left Facebook. Oh, you left NBA fans United? Yeah, I left it a few weeks yeah. ago. And I, I don't want to take shots or call anyone by name or anything like that. Like, it's not yeah. what it is. But like, I, I, I absolutely pants the guy in an argument with Ben Simmons. And then rather than like, you know, acknowledging he was wrong or saying agree to disagree, he just went and created a whole other thread and started the whole argument again. And I was just like, you know what, dude, like you're clearly a child and I, I don't need this. And like, if this is the level of fandom, because like motherfuckers love to talk shit on Ben Simmons. Oh, like, if Ben Simmons crazy. was trash, I would tell you Ben Simmons is trash. I'd be like, Ben Simmons is ass. Like I would simply straight up and down say it, but he's not, he's an elite NBA player, but people love to talk shit. They had a chance to trade him for James Harden and said, get the fuck out of here. You're just some you people that think this are just some average dude who sit on their couch looking like me, hand in their pants like Al Bundy, talking wild shit about people they could never hope to be. And that shit is messed up, man. I I, I blame the skip Baylesses of the world. People just talk reckless on these incredible people that like work their whole lives to get where they're at. This and just, is sorry, not to cut you off. This is yeah. why I love you to death. You just took the name I was gonna say, the Skip Baylesses and the Stephen A. Smith. It's not, it's, it's not Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith. It's Colin Coward. It's oh yes, it's that's, Max that's, Kellerman. And, and it, it goes it's, all it's, the way back. It goes all the way back to the Jim Romes of, of oh fuck that growing up. But this yeah, is my point. Everybody yeah. wants. Everybody knows hot takes get that buzz. You give a hot take, but it's a not a hot take. It's it's a it's a take. It's actually something that has context and actually here, has a little I'll, bit. Of here, I'll, I'll give you a hot take right now. Ready okay. for this? Okay. Shaquille O'Neal is one of the best basketball players of all time, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's also he's also one of the greatest letdowns of all time because if Shaq, I also agree. If Shaq hadn't coasted like he coasted, he would. I think why Shaq is so insecure the way he is now and the way he attacks the modern game is because he knows he left a lot of food on the table mm -hmm. and he can't he can't let it go. Because he, he talks was about that sort of in the interview that he did with Kobe. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah. He does. But he'll never. The problem with Shaq's ego is Shaq will never acknowledge a flaw. Shaq, if you make fun of Shaq's free throws, you talk about, oh well, I still scored twenty eight and thirteen. Yeah. You know, like it don't matter, right? Like, and don't be wrong, Shaq was amazing. Like he was like he had the potential to arguably be the greatest big man of all time. Period, without question, above reproach. But he was too busy doing dumb shit like rapping and making shitty movies and like. And just being a, a, a clown and eating whatever he wanted. Well, he, like, he he went from Disneyland to Hollywood. So yeah, like, and, that, and that's the, cool. Like yeah, he's allowed. He's allowed. You're allowed. To, no one's saying you have to earn your money in one way. And I'm not. I'm not hating on Shaq's pockets or all of his business decisions or any of those things. Because again, once again, Shaquille O'Neal was amazing. That has to be said. But Shaquille O'Neal could have been the greatest ever if yep. he had just said, "Please said, you know what? I'm gonna put down this five guys and go to the gym real quick." Because then his feet wouldn't have broke down as badly as they did, and he wouldn't have the lower body injuries, and it wouldn't have shortened up his career. Because his first year in Miami was excellent. Like I often said, L.A. made the absolute choice getting rid of him. Like it was the right call, not because, not for the reasons I think other people like the Kobe choosing Kobe side, but Shaq had very little left in the tank the way he was taking care of his body. He had one great year in Miami, and the second year they win the championship, and Dwayne Wade literally puts the team on his back and carries them there, like in some piss poor officiating to help, but. 
Yeah, it's like Shaq left so much on the table. And the problem with Shaq now is Shaq refused to acknowledge flaws in Shaq. So rather than when everyone, anyone gets mentioned in his league or modern players get mentioned for how good they are, Shaq feels the need to say, oh, they wouldn't have done nothing to my young blood. And like, no, they wouldn't have. But you know what? You wouldn't be good in this era because nobody would like the, the refs would never allow you to get away with the shit you did back then. You couldn't dribble. You couldn't shoot from anywhere from outside seven feet. And you wouldn't run the floor. You couldn't stretch defenses. They would have they would have been giving him the Shaq the same shit. And Hack a Shaq would have been even worse. Like it's just like Shaq, Shaq would dominate in any air if you let him, but you have to let him. Those giant elbows that he would throw into guys' ribs before he ran them over with dunks, that shit wouldn't fly today. Not with instant replay. Like, no. But the only, Shaq was the only a- guy that can even do that shit like slightly nowadays is Aiton, DeAndre Aiton. Like, and, and that's because he gets and, and up get there. Yeah, Embiid too. Embiid, yeah, no, you know what? That's probably a better example. Yeah, I think Embiid and Shaq are closer, yeah. but Embiid is way more diverse a basketball player than Shaq was. Now, Embiid's not the physical dominant specimen that Shaq was, but he's a much more gifted athlete, I want to say, like athleticism-wise. Like, there's young Shaq, obviously, but – and B can get the ball at the top of the key and take it to the basket on you with ease. And he's not drawing a charge and he'll go over the top or whatever. Shaq couldn't do none of that shit. And Shaq will always say, like, well, they didn't let us do that back in my day. Like, bro, you, you had a home basketball court, work on it. You know what I mean? Like, stop making excuses. Like, everything with Shaq is an excuse. I, I will say Shaq's one of the five best big men I've ever seen. But I don't know if I'm thinking, uh, here's a hot take for you. I don't know if I even put Shaq over Tim Duncan. Tim and Duncan, you'd want Tim Duncan that. on your team before you want Shaq on your team. I, I have Tim that. Duncan in my top five all time. That's my hot take. In my personally seen lifetime, yeah, he's in mine. I, I, like, I don't like to talk about basketball players before my time. You'll never hear me talk about Jerry West. You'll never hear me talk about Bill Russell because Bill Jabbar. Like Jabbar played in my lifetime, but I don't think I don't think Jabbar while I'm in diapers really counts. So for me, I start watching basketball in 1991. It was the Lakers Bulls NBA Finals. I remember the game two change hands, Jordan layup. So from that point forth, I, I count from 1991 till present day. My top five basketball players I've ever seen in my life are Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant. And for lack of a for real struggle, lack of trying to think of anyone Can I guess? else. Can I guess? It's. I'm going to say it's Akeem Olajuwon's five. I was going to guess that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a real soft spot. I saw other really good basketball players. And that, by the way, that five is utterly elite tier to me. But like, I got Shaq slightly better than David Robinson and Patrick Ewing. Like, that's where I have him. Like, that's where he belongs in my eyes. Um. But yeah, like that's oh, by the way, also honorable mention to Chris Paul. Chris Paul's up there too, even though he's kind of a prick. Man, uh, oh, Jason Kidd too. Jason yeah, Kidd oh yeah, too. Jason Kidd's incredible. Jason yeah. Kidd's incredible. So I like, was just uh, this conversation with Xavier Moon a couple episodes ago. Like I said to him, like who you model your game after, and he said Chris Paul, and he said he's the last true point guard. And he's the last great true point guard. I think there's still lots of true. Ricky Rubio's a true point guard. He's just yeah. not, he's as good as Chris Paul. <laughs> a lot of the European again, guys are incredible like that. I mean, in all fairness, when I say you're not as good as Chris Paul, that means there's probably <laughs> four, maybe five point guards in that conversation. John Stockton, John Stockton, Johnson, you there? You just took the Jason, Jason Kidd, uh, Steve Nash, and Chris Paul are like my of our modern they, era. Yeah, I mean, in my Cliff lifetime, and Arbery and then Steve no. Francis would be like that lower tier. Well, we're forgetting no, Allen no, Iverson too. I, yeah, but Allen Iverson's a shoot first point guard. Those guys are different. 
True. Um, oh, everyone, yeah, I, I guess we are talking true. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I take that so, back. You just listen true. It's just like everyone likes to come with subjective opinions, and history is going to forget Tim Duncan because he doesn't have highlight reel dunks. Most of Anthony Edwards' game, it seems, or Zion Williamson's game, no matter what he does in his career, is going to be remembered more fondly than Tim Duncan's because Tim Duncan just gave you a boring 25, 15, and 10 every night yeah. and anchored a defense of multiple championship teams. But he didn't, like, slam it down anyone's throat. He didn't give anyone any hot takes. He didn't have an attitude. He was very reserved. He dressed like Mark Zuckerberg going blindly into Value Village. You know, like, he, he didn't have a whole lot going on, but – he was an incredible basketball player and people, and if, since we're closing it out, if you want to see how great Tim Duncan was in 1996, dream team two played the college dream team and Tim Duncan's a sophomore and he plays center. And you can watch in the entire first half where they had to take him out of the game because he was absolutely as a sophomore pantsing in 1996 Shaq, 1996 Akeem Olajuwon and 1996 Patrick Ewing. And when I mean pantsing, I mean, He's got he's swatting Shaq's shots. Shaq's one for nine from the field. He's getting anything he wants on him all day long. And he's a sophomore. In 1996, Shaq is 25, 26 years old. If you want any more proof that Tim Duncan could give Shaq the business whenever he needed, here's the fun part. If Tim Duncan had Kobe Bryant, he would have won eight championships. Like <laughs> that's that's a fact. Shaq may have been the most dominant force, and he definitely helped Kobe win those three rings by being the most dominant man on the floor. But they don't lose to the Detroit Pistons with Tim Duncan, and they don't. <laughs> they, they they just don't. They, they're not getting swept by Utah. None of those things are happening with Tim Duncan. So Tim Timmy D needs to get more love on his name. And I don't mean to slander Shaq because there's so much great to say about Shaq. I feel like I've covered that pretty clearly. But Tim Duncan needs to get some respect put on his name by these modern young heads that watch basketball four years and jerk off to three point analytics on Excel spreadsheets. That's what I'm saying. Now. <laughs> Keep in mind, you're on a Steph Curry fanboy podcast, so don't. Yeah, but I love Steph. But Steph, 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 Steph's incredible. I completely like, agree with you. Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, all those guys are awesome. Yeah. Uh, but here's what I want to pose this question to you because I had this conversation in the locker room a couple weeks ago, and I want your take on it. You're an educated basketball fan, yeah. so Dame Lillard. Mm-hmm. Dame Lillard's a superstar in your eyes, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so if you have somebody that's not a fan of basketball in your life. Do they know who Dame Lillard is? I would say in the last year or two, it's become a lot more of a household name because he's got those long range shots, yes, beater, highlight reel shots. Real shot. okay. So I think so, the average, I'm going to just not to be like, say like the average Canadian hockey fan wouldn't know, you know, the average superstar basketball player, but I feel like the average Canadian hockey fan now knows who Damian Lillard is because of the highlights. If okay, that makes so, any sense. So uh, I'll, 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 fit, I'll wrap this up for you so you can really give us a succinct answer to it. The issue became that Dame Lillard gets snubbed for everything. And I'm like, Dame Lillard's not getting snubbed. No. Dame Lillard is the victim of being a super duper star in hardcore hoops people's minds. And just somebody in the NBA that seems to be pretty good that you might know who he is, but he doesn't move the needle. Like, the reality is, like, why is Luka an all-star and Dame's not a starting all-star? I'm like, because Luka Doncic is the great white hope, and he moves the motherfucking needle. Dame Lillard moves my needle. He moves your needle. Yep. I would take Dame Lillard over Luka Doncic all day. I'm sorry if people get offended by that. People are Luka's highly overrated. That doesn't mean he sucks. He's incredible, but he's highly overrated. People think he's he's basketball Jesus. He's not. He's really good, though. He's excellent. He's like an 8.5 out of 10. Excellent what, basketball. What I love about him, not to, like, interject, is the yeah. ceiling is – Hi, it's unlimited high. with Luca, which is what's incredible, and I think. Well, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's unlimited. You don't think so? No, because he's not super athletic and he's super young. So by the time he's thirty, he's going to have a hard time creating those shots he creates. 
uh, when, when he loses a step. Um, look, man, I, I love Luca. Like, this sounds like I trash Luca. That's the problem when you try to make a point about something. Yeah. You always have to take someone else down a peg. Luca Doncic is a fucking incredible basketball player. It's just There's the, no question about that. The easy comparison to make, obviously, is Dirk. And I see early Dirk in his game right now. He's not. He's, he's, he's not a he, Paul Pierce to me. Yes, three, he's, four. he's he's white Paul Pierce. Yeah, the to me, yes. yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I saw the, the see the early elements of when Dirk used to kind of put the ball on the floor in that three, four element. Before. Yeah, but Dirk was seven feet tall. Yeah, exactly. Big difference. Like, Luca Dirk, has a swing man to his style, to his If body. you want to talk about Dirk, if you want to see Dirk's influence, go look at Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and evolve Dirk Nowitzki times five. Mm-hmm. You got Kevin Durant. That's that's the parallel. Uh, Luka Doncic is a very much a white Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce that is yeah. a very accurate assessment. But the moral of the story is, is hardcore basketball fans can't look past the fact that their favorite basketball players necessarily aren't superstars. They're superstars to us because we watch basketball, we talk basketball, we live, breathe, and shit the shit. Wow. But your average person that votes for an all-star game doesn't give a damn about Damian. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's just what it is. Like... They want to see Luca. They want to see LeBron. They want to see KD. They want to see Harden. They want to see Giannis. They want to see Steph. They want to see the Titans of fame in basketball. And by the way, all those guys deserve that Titan of fame. Maybe less so Luca, but he still deserves a lot of recognition. Dame Lillard is like, if you're a hip hop fan, it's real easy. It's real, real easy to know Drake records. But do you know MF Doom records? Fair. Dame Lillard is probably more MF Doom than Drake, if that makes sense. And I know he raps, and I won't say his raps are anywhere in any of that league. But that, that's the point I'm making is like, if you know, you know with Dame Lillard. And yeah, the big shots are cool and they're buzzer beaters and they'll maybe get sold for a couple thousand dollars on NBA Top Shot. But he's not a magnetic force. Part of that's playing important. Like, it, it's yeah. just, it's, he's not that guy. And I love Dame. I think the world of Dame. Dame's one of my probably favorite five favorite players in the league. So, I like I like Dame personally more than I like Luka Doncic like as a basketball player, but I mean people need to come to grips that like when you're talking about basketball because I know you talk about a lot of basketball people all the time, is that we are not the majority when it comes to basketball watching. 100%. Not everybody out there watches basketball like we watch basketball and cares about everything like we do. So I'm sick and tired of people getting upset about all star snubs and shit because all it is is just contract incentives and nonsense. Like Devin Booker getting left off was kind of horseshit, but whatever, man. Not many people like Devin Booker. Devin Booker Booker was literally who I was going to bring up. Like, yeah, I'm not. I I I don't like Devin Booker. I'll I'll be straight up. This doesn't mean I think he sucks. I just don't like Devin Booker. I would never vote for fucking Devin Booker to go goddamn all star game. You would have to put a gun in my mouth to make me vote for Devin Booker. But you know what? (laughs) His talent merits an all star selection. Even I admit that. I just don't like the motherfucking game. But you know, like that's that's what I'm saying. And at that point, I'll I'll let it go. But like people, but the point of the story is. Stop attacking basketball players. Stop giving Fred Van Fleet credit for the Philadelphia 76 series. <laughs> Get yourself a Jeff Petrie Habs jersey. Yeah, I think you might have convinced me who. I yeah. don't know Suzuki, but I think Suzuki might be too soon to make that commitment. I yeah, too soon. Game, I, 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 Petrie's, Petrie's going to get paid at some point, or like he's yeah, going to hang he's, around. You should stick he with ain't him. going anywhere, man. He's, or even a Toffoli, give it, or, or Josh Anderson. Any of those guys see, that are really killing it for you guys. I'm worried about Toffoli, too. Toffoli is doing his thing. But I feel he like next year, maybe next year, full season, he might just get like 50 points. Like, I, I don't know why I feel that way. It's just that Montreal pressure. Once the fans are back in the rink, once. Ah, like, who knows? You know, who knows? Know. He's seeing the same teams every night. He's seeing his old team. So he's got that revenge in his yeah, head. He, you know what I mean? He definitely could. He definitely cooked the shit out of Vancouver. He yeah, so I can see him dropping off heavy. Um, real but, quick yeah. note, real quick note before I wrap it up. You were talking about Scalabrini taking on kids. Do you remember when Mike Miller was doing that? 
He was taking yes. on all like the elite college kids and was like killing these bad boys or or, yeah. or the, the elite high school kids coming in. And half the kids didn't even know who he was. And like, here's this dude who's won multiple championships with the, LeBron James. The and, best one. The best one to cut you off. Yeah. Go. No, cut me the, off. This is what I want to wrap up with. Yeah, I have seen these videos. And if you haven't yeah. seen those videos out there, people, you should check them out. The best a couple of years ago, a couple of kids in a park in Philadelphia challenged Joel Embiid. And it is a murder scene. <laughs> what happens on that court? They didn't know who like, he was? No, they knew who he was. But they're like, <gasps> people, people don't understand when you're watching great play against great how hard basketball is. Jesus Christ. So someone, some kids call out Embiid, and he is, like, putting his nuts on their forehead, dunking on them. He's crossing them up. He's spinning on them. He's doing it all. And it's, like, two years ago, Embiid. I think it was right before the, the year before the Raptors oh. series. Sorry, that's a terrible cl- – I, I, I shouldn't clap on a podcast. That's terrible. That's I right. remember this because he actually took some heat for this on Twitter. Because yes, he did. Because that he was going too hard against the kids. And I actually – I remember this now, I, I recall, because I remember defending him, saying – I remember when I played road hockey with Steve Nash when I was with my buddy in Brampton. And wow. I said Steve Nash. Jesus Christ. Rick Nash. Rewind. What? Oh, whoa, whoa. okay. I got to go and you drop that on me at the end of the show? What oh, yeah, the I, played, fuck? I played road hockey the year he went number one when he was, uh, he just finished up playing with, uh, was he with the battalion? Who did he play? I, I, I don't, who cares where he was? Yeah. How badly did he make you all look like idiots? Oh, like it was amazing. Like it was crazy. And I got to play goalie and he scored like four of his five shots on me, but I'll never forget that one save. I, like, I just stuck my foot out like some Ed Belfour shit. And it was like literally inside that left post and it hit my like heel slash ankle and ricocheted out. And <laughs> he I probably just of- felt bad for you and gave you one. <laughs> Dude, if Rick Nash wanted to beat you, he would. Next time we'll start the conversation, I'll tell you that full story because that was like, – Yeah, I, 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 I may come back tomorrow to hear that conversation. <laughs> well, tomorrow, I'm assuming maybe tomorrow or Saturday, new episode, Armchair Uh Yeah, we're recording tomorrow afternoon. We're going to do it We're gonna do it in person again because we liked it last time. And yeah. we're also having really bad technical issues. We're actually have to buy a Zoom subscription. I just haven't gotten around to it. I just bought a new oh, no. super-duper television for my bedroom for my PS5. So I, I, I can now play PS5 games in 120 frames per second. And I'm like, you know, I, I made jokes about people beating their dicks to Excel sheets earlier. I beat my dick to frame rates. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a nerd first and foremost, right? So yeah, that I also just got my TJ Brody jersey from NHLshop.ca. I'm going to go fire that on right now. Hope it's a good luck term. If they lose, I'm going to throw it in the garbage and never wear it again. And just say I, just, I burned $250. That's where I'm at. But yeah, you can check our armchair commentaries. It might be out tomorrow. It may be out Saturday morning. Dave, Dave's responsible for all that shit. I just talk, as you can tell. And uh, it's all Dave's hard work. And uh, yeah, it, follow me at Steve Steel 23 on Twitter. I'm basically a full-fledged cultist of Leafs Twitter now, but I will still take your ass to school on basketball or baseball or anything else you want to talk about. And uh, at Steve Steel 23 on Instagram, I'm not very active anymore, but if you want to go look at my ridiculous sneaker collection, that's probably the best place to start. And shout out the business. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Quartzside Sneakers, where 99% of my sneakers come from. And also shout out to my man, Daryl, at Dark Side Grills, where a lot of my off-white overly hype beastie bullshit that like parents shudder when they hear the price of comes from. <laughs> All right. Now go watch the Leafs lose. Ah, fuck you. We're going to win, baby. Don't worry. <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks for having me. Appreciate man. this brother. I'll see you soon. Have a good one. Bye. Cheers.